0: So how's 2020 going for you? If you had told me that I'd be sitting in my garage with my industry shut down in the middle of a global pandemic while protesters are marching in the streets. Yeah. What's been getting you through these crazy days? Uh, For me, aside from endlessly looking for a job, it's been talking to friends and acquaintances to keep up with what's happening in their lives. Virtual happy hours. Video cigars. Definitely one of my favorites. Uh, sitting two yards apart on the driveway with our masks on. We talk about both what's commonly going on in our lives and our unique experiences these days and how we're getting through. You know, realizing that you aren't in all this alone has definitely been cathartic for me. So I figured I'd try to capture some of that catharsis and share it with you as well. Kind of like a a relief valve for the soul. (laughs) My guest today has been a close friend for 15 years. He's a specialist in computer storage, backup, and recovery, and has been a consultant and analyst in the industry. He's currently chief technical evangelist at Druva, which is a cloud-based data protection company. He's the author of three O'Reilly books and has clearly earned his title of Mr. Backup. Curtis and I have known each other for a long time. I think we met back in the late 90s when we worked together at a company called Collective Technologies consultants in aerospace. And, um, Curtis is known as the backup guy. Uh, he's got this amazing talent for building, maintaining, and running good backup systems. That's been his area of expertise through most of his career. He's, uh, written several books for, uh, O'Reilly on technical subjects like backup and recovery and using San and NAS. Um, that's one of the things that I think impressed me the most about you, Curtis, early on was you, um, you wrote the books for O'Reilly and I was like, Oh, that's so cool.
1: I literally wrote the book on the subject.
0: You, you did literally. And I have an autographed copy of it on my shelf. I'm very excited about that.
1: And that, you know, that and five bucks will get you a cup of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what What I hear about autographed copies of my book, I'm reminded of the scene in, um, uh, Notting Hill where the, uh, Julia Roberts finds a book on the bookshelf that says, oh, look, this is when this, this one has been autographed by the author. And he goes, yeah, he just comes in and does that. Like if you can find one that's not signed, (laughs) it's actually worth more money.
0: (laughs) That's very funny. You know, um, Neil Gaiman does that, right? He goes around from bookstore to bookstore when he's traveling and he signs a bunch of books on the shelf.
1: That's Uh, funny. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought of doing that.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, there you go. I'm sure there are many copies of Santa Naz still sitting out on the bookshelf. Sitting uh, out there waiting for uh, my signature. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to get together with you and um, talk about the world today and what's going on in it and how you're affected by it, uh, how it's affected your business and how it's affected your life. So tell all of us about what life was like um, before um, things changed back uh, with this pandemic thing that's going on.
1: Well, as a technical evangelist, it means I do a lot of speaking, uh, uh, you know, in various forms and seeing people face to face in various forms. So there would be a lot of uh, flying. I live in Southern California. The company that I work for, Druva, is up in uh, the Bay Area. There was a lot of flying up there every once in a while to meet face to face to do some podcast recordings. I have my own podcast and. Uh, we did most of those podcast recordings face to face uh so that was a and, and it's a quick flight you know on southwest from here to san jose it's you know yeah. an hour and and then there were all of the various trade shows and seminars and depending on a given year uh whether it was druva or some previous employer uh, for a long time i actually held uh the not, non-enviable is that what is that the right word not not enviable. Uh, it works. Unenviable. It worked. Okay, uh, I held the <laughs> the position of being executive platinum on American Airlines for over fifteen years, wow. which is o- over a hundred thousand miles a year. And I've now I've now flown actually on American. My little card says that I've flown over three million miles. On wow American.
0: you you and George Clooney could be sitting yeah me in and mid- ge- me in George Clooney
1: yeah exactly um, <laughs> and so I did a lot of flying. Uh, I don't do as much today, well, none right now, but I don't do as much today as I did in in previous jobs, but I still, for an average person, fly an awful lot. I I fly enough to maintain a decent status on Southwest now. I don't fly as much on American um, as I did before, and we'll come back to that. So
0: you haven't done any traveling since we've all gotten the lockdown order here in California, right?
1: I have not... Yeah. For, like left my house for work since what? The middle of March. Yeah. Something yeah. like
0: that. Wow. Uh, San, you- San
1: Diego, San Diego shut down before the rest of California shut down. So San Francisco shut down first. San Diego was second. And then everybody else after that.
0: Are th- are they behaving themselves down there these days? Because I know LA County's a mess at the moment.
1: For the most part, uh, not everybody. You still, uh, I, I, just got off the phone with my wife who mentioned that she went to a local market, the people that were there, <laughs> she said it was like, it was like there was nothing, like there, there was nothing going on. And so her mother, she, she was there with her mother and this woman, for example, just sort of, she was picking out vegetables. And then this woman just sort of butted in front of her, no mass, no nothing, and just shoved in front of her to get some cucumbers or whatever. <laughs> like like there was like nothing's going on. So it, it, it really just depends on where you go and, and, and with whom you're interacting. Uh, we did actually just, um, as of tomorrow, we're shutting down bars again.
0: Why is San Diego so well behaved? Is it population density or you're just better people
1: than the rest of us out here? <laughs> it's definitely not better people. <laughs> um, I... I I, I don't know if I have an answer to that, but I do I just know that when I go out, by and large most people are doing their best to socially distance and wear masks when they can What I'm seeing in San Diego County and I don't know if 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 it's this way everywhere is businesses are enforcing it, right? So yeah. the sign yeah. at the door says you can't come in if you don't have a mask on. And they are, regardless of what any law says, they are well within their rights to do that. And uh, I've, I've myself, I because I don't, I, I don't wear the mask in the car. Um, I myself have occasionally walked into a store, um, to, you know, to get something and realize, oh crap, I forgot my mask, right? But I, I'm reminded of that as I come to the front door of the store, and there's a sign that says you know, ma- you know, yeah. mask required Masks
0: required. Right.
1: Right. And I haven't seen any of these crazy things that I've seen on the news where, you know, people shove employees aside. Like you can't keep me from yeah. coming into your store. I'm, I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. They can because it's yeah. their store.
0: It's right. No shirt, no shoes, no service. It's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I, I live in Redondo beach and up in this part of Los Angeles County um, I think the biggest challenge has been, and because I live in one of the beach communities, getting people to behave themselves when they're out in public spaces like the beach. Right? Yes. They go they go out there and they congregate, and they're in a place where you're mostly not going to be wearing a mask anyway if you're planning on going swimming, and that's where probably the worst of the behavior has been. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen uh, people who, so I I literally live two and a half miles from Hermosa pier. Right. I'm sure. And I've been down in this area for 25 years now. And I think I go to the beach once a year, maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause that's what happens. Right. I lived in New York for 25 years and I visited the statue of Liberty once. It's just the way it is when you live someplace. Um, and all of a sudden when the beaches became unavailable, everybody had to go to the beach all the time. And you know, it was just that that's human nature, I guess. Mm. And so, that's where i've seen most of what i would call the the pushback against things like masks the stores have been pretty good you get a little bit of sense of people with entitlement every once in a while popping in but right. mostly everybody's behaving themselves and, yeah, I, and of course I, we've just announced we're closing the beaches for July 4th here in LA county
1: right well you know i the, the, you know you, you you mentioned beaches and and i i would also add bars so I, for example, last night, there's a friend of mine that I haven't seen in a long time. And we decided to go to a bar, um, you know, to have it, you know, have some drinks. And we socially distanced and, you know, wore masks when we, when we weren't drinking and, you know, did what we're supposed to do. And there was this one moment where I <laughs> went to offer him, like, that we got a sample of, of some beer. And I was like, oh, do you want to try it? And he's like, no, <laughs> like I don't <laughs> want to try your your beer sample that you've already like, Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 But but once you get in, but what I noticed was that no one in the brewery, and it was an actual brewery, like you know, like a small brewery, no one there was staying six feet apart. And unless yeah. everyone that was standing at the counter were all from the same household. They should have been six feet apart. They just, I think it's that once you take off the mask, like when you have the mask on, it's easy to remember, you know, to do the right thing. But once you relax and you're at the beach or you're you're in a social setting in a bar, and especially if you have any of this, this is all fake or overblown ideas in your head, it's really easy to ignore all that and then do bad things.
0: I always question the logic of, of all the things to open up Uh, In the current climate bars. I I understand people want to gather and we need to do it, but there is no way that you can properly socially distance in a bar to start with. And then after you've had a couple of drinks. And your inhibitions are starting to go away, you know. Yeah. The, the, it's pretty clear to see that this is not going to end well. Yeah,
1: yeah. That, uh-huh. And that was that was what the San Diego County said when they decided to shut the bars down again. They, what they specifically did was they said the bar, it's bars that don't have a license to serve food, and um, and they're like, look, if you're going to a building a business just to drink alcohol impairs your judgment, and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, yep. and, 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 so, and so what we've made this arbitrary rule, it's like, well, it's not a bar if it, if it has a license to serve food, you, so you, you, could, go yeah. a, you right. could go to a, you could go to a place that has beer and, and wine and hard liquor, as long as it has a license to serve food and, it, you know, it's the same problem. But it's like the same arbitrary, arbitrary sounding rule in San Diego. You, you apparently you don't have this up there in San Diego. What we said is you can go to the beach, you're not allowed to sit down.
0: Uh, yeah, they tried that. They tried uh, that in L.A. County as well. Uh, they opened it up originally for uh, you could run back and forth on the sand. You could right. use the Strand again, which is the bike and walking path along the edge of the beach, and you could go swimming or surfing because surfing's we're big on surfing, right, out here. Right. That's that's part of a culture. Uh, but you weren't allowed to bring a chair and you weren't allowed to sit on the beach itself. And uh, the, the biggest problem was there were very few places that were enforcing, right? right? So so people would go. And I remember there was one incident up in a, a, one of the beach towns up here called Manhattan Beach where uh, a surfer decided to go surfing early on when they had first closed the beaches. And the cop came up to him and he said, or the lifeguard, I should say, came up to him and said, Sorry, the beach is closed. You can't do that. And the guy got smart with him and, you know, gave him crap about, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And he basically arrested him and gave him a thousand dollar fine. And if we had been doing more of that early Mm -hmm. on, uh, aside from the fact that we'd have people yelling fascism in the streets, we probably would have had better enforcement also. It's the same thing with the masks, right? I mean, masks are essentially a voluntary thing. And you're right. It's up to a business to be able to decide what the rules are in their business. Because let's be honest, folks, that's not democracy. That's your private little domain. And you're allowed to do what you want to do within it as long as you comply with the law. But if we had like a real legal order that had come down that said, no, for public health, this is required. And if you're not wearing it, you can be fined for this uh, you might get a better response.
1: Yeah. By the way, uh, you, you mentioned about your, your local domain. So here at my house, we we require masks to enter. And that is because my granddaughter Lily has uh, declared it. So, and she, and she wrote, she wrote a sign. She, this is her, she's six years old. So she wrote, she's all about making, you know, drawings and signs. And she wrote a sign that says, um, and she hung it on the front door, and it says, "It says mosques are required." M O S K S. So that that's the that's, Preston household.
0: <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, so uh, I know that ha- having all of these changes come on has actually had not only a, a dramatic effect on your your work life, but it's had mm-hmm. a dramatic effect on your personal life as well.
1: Right. Um, we have. Um, I, I, I'm married to a wonderful woman now for 30 years, who is the daughter of an 80 year old, uh, woman who lives down in San Diego. Her father has uh, passed and we were concerned. And then my, my daughter works, who lives here, uh, works at a preschool facility and, and she's, she's, still operating because they're providing, uh, preschool services for essential workers. Right. And so my daughter is basically, um, hanging out all day with Petri dishes, right? Yeah. Um, and, or hanging out in a Petri dish, uh, however you, whatever analogy you want to use there. And so we were concerned. And then my, my wife goes back and forth between here and because her mom is alone now, she goes down to San Diego a lot to provide, uh, help to her, uh, mom. And we were concerned that she would get sick. And so we decided to basically isolate from each other. My wife moved down uh, to San Diego uh, and basically stayed there. And we um, hadn't seen her other than, you know, I think we had one or two meals together where we socially distance uh, also since March, since my last trip. And, and it was an idea that I got from the trip because at the trip, I went up to Portland so I was close to the epicenter of what was the epicenter at that time <clears throat> and so we came home and I was like you know what I've just hung out with 450 of my closest friends <laughs> in the epicenter of the yeah, COVID.
0: of the covid uh, I don't right. want to
1: go anywhere near you right so she mo- that's when she moved down there And then we just basically stayed. Uh, We stayed that way until, oddly enough, um, we're pretty sure, and this is the ironic thing of all of it, we're pretty sure uh, she actually got COVID. Um, She was sick for two weeks uh, with many of the symptoms. She didn't have have the respiratory problems. Um, And she... Officially tested negative, but the doctor said based on everything else that she had is he's pretty sure she had had it because there's a high like 30 percent false negatives. And so and then she got better a week ago and then she got worse yesterday so she started having randomly a fever again and uh you know um, body aches and things and so she's now sort of having a relapse of what her symptoms were which again continues my you know confirms my uh, diagnosis that she she had or has covid so now uh the ironic thing is the woman that we were protecting from is the one that it appears that, that got it amongst us, right? So we won't know for sure until after, she has to be symptom-free for a certain period of time before they will do the antibodies test on her. So we'll do that. Um, so that's that. Uh, so I'm basically living, and, and my daughter, I have a big enough house, especially by California standards, I have a big enough house to, <laughs> that we can socially distance from each other. So my daughter and her husband and my granddaughter pretty much stay to themselves and then I stay to myself, so it's all—it's almost like I'm living uh, alone at this point. And yeah. then, um, and then, of course, I'm—I'm I'm not going into work. Uh, my whole company has—you know—as soon as they shut down Santa Clara, my whole company sent everybody home. And the—the uh, the, the good news is, as—as as a business, we were able to just function because we're already a a laptop driven company, right? So everybody has a laptop, everybody works from their laptop, everybody has high speed internet at home. So it was just a matter of going home. And then, you know, we already used Zoom, we already use all of our IT services are all SaaS services. So we were already using IT stuff that was outside of the building. So we, we literally didn't have to change anything. All we did was stopped physical meetings and everything is now phone calls and Zoom. So that's been decent. And then the, the other interesting thing business-wise is that because as a company, we are a service that um, provides uh, data protection services to other companies that doesn't require physical hardware and stuff. So we've been able to continue business as normal, both providing the service that we provide and even selling it to new customers in the midst of this mess um, because we don't have to ship anything to anybody. That's
0: a great place to be. So everything just kind of continued to operate as normal because you were prepared for it, mostly because the business culture changed to that, right? And that's kind of common in... Um, more of the the e-commerce and high-tech industry nowadays. Mm -hmm. I know um, where I used to work, like business resumption, it was easy because almost all of the things we used were, you know, web-based services. Uh, Everybody carried a laptop and we were VPN-based. So people were already working from home two days a week anyway. I assume that they, as a business, just kind of flipped a switch and stopped coming into the office. There are people... Uh, who were affected by that. For example, we uh, had a creative team that would shoot video segments that went up on a website or worked on high-end graphics and video kind of systems that were hard to work with remotely because Mm -hmm. they were connected up to these high-speed storage devices that required uh, close proximity to them in order to deal with the performance of the imagery. And so I don't know what they did with that. I guess a lot of that could be compartmentalized down and worked on individually, but it gets a little bit harder to pull it all together again and get it ready to go on the air. It also, unless you're going to do the Zoom thing and everybody's doing the Zoom thing, makes it hard to do that interview kind of process, right?
1: Yeah, we, we've we actually, we had a few critical positions that we needed to fill and we had to interview everyone via Zoom, which is... It's not the same.
0: <laughs> no, it's definitely. Zoom not is a lot same. of
1: things. It is not, um, yeah, it is not the same.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can, uh, so I can speak a little bit from experience. So, as, as you know, I've been out of work for a little while now. And um, right. of course, in the midst of uh, the COVID 19 adventure, uh, being out of work um, uh, is an even more of a challenge. And I've had uh, interviews with some companies. And in one particular case, I had an interview round that ran close to eight hours. And it's literally sitting for eight hours in front of your laptop on a video camera uh, with different people coming in and out trying to do these interview sessions. And I've set my office up in my garage because that's the only real space I had available to me. And by the end of the day, you know, you're pretty spent when you're spending that much time literally playing to a camera. Now, when you're playing playing face-to-face it takes something out of you also but you draw energy back from the other person if a meeting's going well it's a real two-way exchange and you come away from it energized usually um if it's Mm. not going well of course it sucks the life out of you and you walk out of the room and you want to go crawl into a ball and die and when you're on video with someone all the time it's better than a an audio call right because you can at least pick up on um facial, uh, cues, but, uh, it's none of the energy comes back and forth and you never really know. And so I can say from experience after going through this for several months, that just trying to do those one-on-one interview type meetings with people has been really, really
1: rough. Yeah. No, I was just gonna say uh, agreed.
0: Um, so I know that, um, California was on track to start reopening business again. Um, That may get interrupted now that we've had cases coming back up, but, um, was Druva on track to, to start reopening facilities again and what were they thinking? How was it going?
1: Yeah. So I'll, I'll say a couple of things. Uh, one is, you know, remember that we, you know, as I mentioned earlier our actual business isn't impacted by this, right? We've been able to function as a business and continue to provide our service, even though all our employees are working from home. So that that provides us some flexibility that isn't there for, say, a restaurant, um, or someone who's a hardware manufacturer or something yeah. like that. Um, so the and then the the second is that we did do a a survey amongst. Bay Area, Druva employees. I'm sure we did it in other areas, but I'll just speak specifically uh, the survey that we did locally. We asked them what their feelings were about coming back in the office. And the overwhelming answer was, I'll be comfortable coming back in the office when there is a a vaccine for this thing. Okay. And so we have decided uh, at this point, we're not going to be thinking about coming back into the office until the first of the year. at this point. So we're, yeah. So we've already made the call that, uh, a, we, we already recognize we're functioning, you know, fine without being in the office. There are definitely inconveniences for sure. Everything we've already mentioned, but we're functioning just fine as a business. We had a decent quarter. We even had growth. Yeah, Right. So we're, we're like, Hey, let's, let's, um, you know, let's tighten our belt in the areas where we can, you know, our, we are not going to be having our two biggest trade shows are not going to be physical trade shows. So we're going to get huge, uh, savings there. (laughs) Um, you know, both in terms of the fact that we're not going to be flying hundreds of people and putting them up in hotels for a week at a time. And also that, um, we, the, the virtual trade show is not going to cost us what a physical trade show would. You know, the, in terms of the, we, we often do like, you know, we sponsor the, we sponsor the, the drink place, you know, we sponsor the stairs and the, you know, there's all these sponsorship opportunities that I don't think are going to be present in a virtual event. So we'll, we'll take this opportunity to sort of tighten the belt uh, without actually any impact and just uh, prepare to explode once um you know once the uh, the
0: world opens back up uh,
1: there's a there's a vaccine in the world the world really opens okay. back okay yeah. so
0: the company's not looking at, i mean i guess it's too soon to judge any of this stuff right nobody's looking at we have to get back in traveling again we have to get back in the face of the customers um it's just uh, slow and steady until the world gets better
1: yeah well again, um, you know it's it's interesting that you chose me and I feel quite wow, honored sir that you chose me as your first I mean I knew I knew you knew that that I was a friendly I was a friendly audience so that's I'm sure there, that's there's why you also chose
0: me. nobody I'd rather but, spend a half hour chatting with than you.
1: Oh yeah, I'm so sure. Um, and likewise you know um, the so again it, it's interesting that, that you chose me because we don't really have that need. We didn't, we had tons of customers that we never physically traveled to. We did so much of our sales already over the phone and over virtual meetings. I'm sure that some of our physical, some of our local sales reps, and maybe more than I know, probably did some on-prem visits, but I think the bulk of our sales were done digitally already. So we don't have a massive need to travel to be be with those customers, we also, of course, don't have to travel to help them install physical stuff. Right. We don't have right. that problem. We also don't, we're, we we do not have any trade shows uh-huh. to, to travel to, and we don't have any physical seminars right now. Right. We're not, nobody wants to go to a physical right. seminar. So, I mean, you could question if they ever wanted to go to a physical seminar, but they definitely don't want to go to them now. So we don't have the need to start traveling. Uh, I did want to, there, there's, I want to circle back to something Uh, because I I do want to use this, this tiny moment, American airlines has announced that they're, they're not going to follow social distancing rules anymore. And they're just going to fill. And as a lifelong platinum, that's what happens when you fly over 2 million miles, you're a lifelong platinum. I'm just going to say, I'm not getting on American airlines. As long as I have another choice, if I need to fly. And I have a choice between an airline that is following social distancing rules and one that's not. I am absolutely choosing the one that's following social distancing good, good rules. Good for you. And 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 I, I, I honestly I'm I'm actually appalled at the the public decision to, to do that. I absolutely
0: completely agree with you. I, I We've been having a lot of discussions lately about uh, when the world opens up and what travel's like, because you, know, you never know when something's going to happen and you have to do something that you may not want to. And a lot of the research that I've been doing um, says that actually flying isn't that terrible, because with the social distancing on the plane, the HEPA filtering of the air uh, while the plane's in flight, the amount of air that's being pulled through and recirculated in the cabin on a regular basis. If you're wearing a mask, the risk isn't actually that great. And then they go and do this. Okay, so we'll just stuff all of you as tightly together as possible. And it's just it's just a, a terrible mistake on their part because it's going to lead to people not flying again. Because let's be honest, when times are good, flying nowadays sucks. So uh, to have to live in that kind of, cramped space knowing that you've got this disease floating around in the air around you and if you're on a plane with 300 people the odds are there's at least one person in there that's exposed or possibly even shedding the virus yeah i wouldn't want to get on an airplane uh at this point at
1: all i just don't i just don't understand that um and again i i will vote with my dollars and i will go with any any I, other i hear choice. you
0: Okay, so let's uh, let's start to wrap things up. I have one more question for you. It's really, really important. Um, yeah. You're a big fan of movies and you're a big fan of TV. What have you been watching as you sit at home in your quarantine?
1: Oh, so I just I literally last night watched The Good Liar, which stars Helen Mirren and um, uh, Gandalf. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, Darn it. I can't remember his name. Uh that is, is a really good movie. I have to say okay. that was a really good movie. Yeah. Um I also watched um I also watched the movie that Jon Stewart released. Oh. Uh he did a it's a thing about elections and it, it's yeah, a comedy yeah, starring I've seen Steve Carell. I thought it was Was, great. was that uh was um, that
0: video on demand or was that just released as a streaming movie?
1: Yes, video on demand. It was so, and I know this yeah. is one of your topics. It was simultaneously released in theaters. In all, and all five theaters?
0: Demand. You mean that have reopened so far?
1: Yes, all five theaters. By the way, did you did you see the the story on the guys that got the number one box office movie in the U.S.? No, I haven't seen. Did this you see one this? Yet. So there were a couple of guys that they got this idea. They're like nobody's playing movies, and you know none of the theaters are open. So they either. I think they rented a local small theater. They produced their own movie on Zoom, and then they bought all the. They ran money through the box office, bought twenty five thousand dollars worth of tickets. Became
0: the number one movie of the year,
1: and then became the number one box office movie in the U.S. for a week because because they did this
0: absolutely thing. Absolutely awesome. They go down in the history books for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. With for twenty with twenty five thousand dollars. They were the number one box office. And the thing is, they 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 totally ran it through the thing, but the money the money went out one pocket and yeah, went back yeah, into another, yeah. right? But so, it's a great idea. Yeah, it's an absolutely
0: yeah, it, wonderful <laughs> idea. It's a great idea.
1: I am looking forward to theaters opening up again. I do enjoy going to an actual movie screen. And I, I, I'm i assuming they're going to be socially distancing. And I know that Regal, which I have one of those unlimited things with Regal, I know that Regal has said, you're going to have to wear a mask. And I, I again, I appreciate that. Um, so I want to support that business model as yeah. failing as well, it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that. They're saying uh, they're going to do that next month.
0: Yeah, but then the, uh, because of, uh, things have heated up again the big studios have have pushed some of their releases back a little bit further also so there there is potentially yeah. something to open in theaters next month but you know we'll see i have to be honest with you i went i actually went out for the first time since i guess it was march right i had coffee and breakfast with someone outdoors at a a coffee shop restaurant which was nice Mm -hmm. because to be honest with you i've had very little social interaction face to face with anybody uh in the last several months um and i went into kohl's and i bought a pair of sneakers and that was a little honest and truly it felt a little um scary right because i mean number one the store is mostly empty Mm -hmm. and number two you know it's like uh, this is almost an odd experience now um so that that was my experience with getting back out into the real world, because other other than going to the grocery store, I haven't really done much of anything in the last uh, several months. And and to be honest, I'm, I'm a movie guy and I love the movies and going back into a movie theater right yeah. now scares me. I don't I, oh, I, I, yeah, I don't I, think I totally I'd be it, yeah. able to do it until after, you know, herd immunities kicked in and we pretty much feel like we're not going to pass this right. along certainly i won 't go in there and take my mask off right. and drink my soda and eat my popcorn right because i don 't want to take my mask yeah. off, yeah, and um, I know that they 'll do the social distancing thing. I just wonder for how long the the value the dollar value for the business is going to work that way because they have enough trouble uh, in at the exhibitors' making money when the house is packed and they 're charging you twelve dollars for a bucket yeah. of popcorn, right. So now we're telling them they have to keep yeah. it at twenty-five to fifty percent capacity, right? And and the stuff yeah. we haven't heard anything about yet uh, is have they managed to negotiate better deals with the studios? So that the studios keep giving them more money right. to stay alive, rather than the current way it works, where the studios take all the money up front um, and don't leave them with anything to uh, to survive on. So
1: yeah, I, like like I said, I will support that business model in any way I can. I'm less scared than you are um, in terms of as long as people are social distancing and they're wearing their masks, I'm I'm okay with it. Uh, but I, but I, yeah, so I like I said, I'll, I'll vote, I'll vote with my dollars. Well, at a minimum, I will continue to pay my 25 bucks a yeah. month to Regal. Once they start charging me again, right yep. now they've suspended it. I'll tell you the weirdest thing I did since this all happened is I had a physical, um, American airlines, oddly enough, a physical American airlines voucher that I had to spend by the, yeah. you know, by the thing. And my wife wants to go to, um, she wants to fly over to see her other daughter. And then they're going to drive back. I had this and I had to spend it. So in order to spend it, I had to go to the airport. And A, that was weird to go to the airport for the first time in months. But what was really weird was the airport was a ghost town. And that was the weirdest thing Um you know, I, I actually had a hard time finding an American yeah. Airlines employee uh, to to be able to to do this. And by the way, I, I that all happened before this American Airlines announcement. So now I ha- you know, now yeah. we have a different decision to make. Right? Is the fact that my wife's going to be flying on yeah, this flight? Yeah,
0: and it's going to be packed. Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Curtis, I want to thank you for uh, taking some time out today and talking with me. Um,
1: any what, time to talk to each What can we plug other, for anytime. you?
0: Everybody should go out and sign up at backupcentral.com. Um, Curtis's site, where he uh, posts very, very helpful and useful information about how to protect your data, and subscribe to his podcast, Restore It All, um, as well, which is a great, great show. Um, I enjoy listening to it every week.
1: Where I have this one, I have this one guest that's been on there, I think, three times. His name's where Jeff I do I got Rockland. the idea know to know do him.
0: This, uh, do this crazy thing.
1: Absolutely. So
0: I, well, anyway, thanks for listening, everybody, and um, we'll be back uh, hopefully next week.